Mark's gospel depicts Jesus as challenging traditional ways in which religious people determine what is pure and impure. For Jesus, the observance of religious practices cannot become a substitute for godly words or deeds that spring from a faithful heart. Please rise. And Jesus called the people to him again and said to them, Hear me, all of you, and understand. There is nothing outside a person that by going into him can defile him. But the things that come out of a person are what defile him. And when he had entered the house and left the people, his disciples asked him about the parable. And he said to them, Then are you also without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into a person from the outside cannot defile him? since it enters not his heart, but his stomach, and is expelled. Thus he declared all foods clean. And he said, What comes out of a person is what defiles him. For from within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and they defile a person. This is the gospel of the Lord. In in the Old Testament lesson this morning, we read this verse at the very end of that lesson. Be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your hearts as long as you live. God at Mount Sinai had just given his people the law and he had set out all kinds of guidelines in the first uh, few books of the Bible or, you know, talk about all the stuff that he had laid out, trying to form them into a people. And he reminded them of the great things that he had done. So they look back and they remember the promise to Abraham. They remember their most recently getting out of Egypt and all the events that surrounded being delivered from slavery in Egypt. And he says, so be careful not to forget those things. They're in your heart. Don't let them fade. Don't let them go away. Because that's the key to being obedient to the things that I had given to you. Well, Jesus in in the lesson uh, today talks about what's in our hearts and what comes out of our hearts, and and what makes a person defiled. Remember last week, the gospel lesson was about the Pharisees complaining about Jesus' disciples eating without washing their hands. And and they weren't so concerned about the fact that your hands might be dirty and you might get something. Okay, What they were concerned about is when you didn't follow this ritual, this ritual cleansing thing, then you were defiled. Being defiled meant you were ritually unclean. It had some effect on your spirit or your heart, and you were unclean in that way. And that's what the Pharisees were looking at because they didn't follow this tradition. And so Jesus makes the point, said, you know, nothing that comes into you from the outside is going to mess your heart up. That's not what defiles a person. It's what comes out and what comes out of a corrupt heart that defiles a person. And he said, there's nothing in this world that we can see, nothing that we can touch or feel that's going to come into us 
and defile our hearts. The corruption of our hearts takes place within us. And so Paul makes it clear how that happens when he says our struggle is not against flesh and blood. So it's not against things that we can see. It's not against the things that can somehow like try to come into us. That can't happen. But it's against rulers, authorities, powers of the dark world, and the spiritual forces of evil. Those are the kinds of things that Paul says can get inside of us. Those are the things that can get in our hearts and corrupt our hearts. And then what comes out defiles us because it's evidence of the corruption that's deep down inside of us. <coughs> so we have this whole other world that we can't see that has forces and powers in it that are trying to destroy our souls, trying to destroy our relationship with God. And so the whole point then of what Paul wants to say, and it's the whole point of what we're actually talking about today, is that we need to be ready. And so Paul says, you need to put on the armor of God. Arm yourself. Now, you know that if you're going to be putting yourself in a place where there's some danger, and I don't care whether it's, Uh, As a a football player, Mike could probably tell us something about that, the importance of of equipment, and that there's still danger. Uh, The police and others wear vests, Kevlar vests, to provide some protection. Doesn't always, but they wear that kind of protection. And in the medieval times, and even then, the image would be the Roman soldiers that had all this armor on. They had helmets and breastplates and shin guards and and things like that that they wore, those are to provide some protection against the things that can come against you. But think about it. Nobody that ever wears that kind of protection, whether it's a sports figure or a law enforcement or a soldier or anything, they're not wearing it just so that they can sit there and take what comes at them. They're wearing it to provide some protection while they do what? While they become the aggressor. Or while they go out and fight. Or while they stand up and go after the other team. Or whether they go after the criminals or whatever. You don't wear that kind of protection so you can just sit there. It's so you have the opportunity to go and do something. And it's the same thing with the armor of God. We put that on to offer us some protection against those forces that are trying to destroy us and destroy our relationship of God with God. But why? So that we can do something with it. Listen to what Paul describes. And I'm not going to talk about the pieces of equipment, but I'm going to talk about what he says they are that the characteristics of that armor that we wear are this. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, salvation, and then the sword, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. 
That's our offensive weapon against the forces that come against us, against Satan trying to distract us or lead us off someplace. That is our weapon. And all those other things, truth, righteousness, peace, faith, salvation, they all come where? Because we study the Word, because we know the Word, because we have the Word of God in our hearts. And that's our armor. But for what purpose? So we can go out into the world and do what Christ did, which is to change the world. What he sent his disciples out to do after they were empowered with that sword of the Spirit and the power of the Spirit on Pentecost, to do what? Go out and change the world. And that's what we're called to do as we put on the armor of God. Because think about this. What has God done for you? Well, sure, Christ died on a cross for you. He saved you from your sins. He's given you the promise of eternal life. But what he's done is made you a part of a kingdom that is already victorious. I mean, the battle's already been fought. God's kingdom is already established. It's a kingdom that'll last forever. It's a kingdom that has the power to stand up against the other kingdom. It's won the battle. And now he's made you part of that. Doesn't mean, though, that we're not still subject to attacks, that Satan's still not going to try to come against us or try to destroy what we have. But God has already called you into a kingdom. You're his already. And he's given you what you need to be protected. Everything you need. The armor of God and the word. In Psalm 119, David says, I have hidden your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. You see, it's all about the heart. And that's what Jesus was saying. It's about your heart and about where your heart is. It's about protecting your heart. And how we protect our heart is to hide the word in it. And when we do that sword of the spirit, that weapon that we have to use, then in our hearts we have truth, and righteousness, and peace, and faith, and salvation, all because we've hidden the Word. Paul gives us two little bits of advice. In Romans 13, he says, to put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. And the point of that is that the deeds of darkness are all around us, and, and they're going to come at us. And what Paul is saying, just shove them aside. Put them away. Get rid of them. Throw them out. You know, run from them. Whatever. Get rid of them and put on the armor of light, which is what God gives us. And then in, in today's lesson, he says this. Be alert and always keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. It's a two-pronged approach. He says, we need to put away darkness and put on the armor of light. That's for us. That's so that we're protected. But then he says, pray for the people around you. Pray for all of God's people because everybody's 
subject to attack. Everybody needs it. There are people that pray for you. And then you should pray for others. That they can stand up against what's going to come. 